Greetings, ladies and metalgents, and welcome to this latest rendition of Tales from Outer Space. Taken from the subreddit HFY, all the relevant links will be down below. And as always, I hope that you enjoy, and if you do, please consider supporting the channel. Now, on to the science fiction. Just a quick addendum. Somebody recently pointed out I haven't shilled my merch store in a while, and there is new stock there, so this is me doing that. If you wish to buy some merchandise, such as hoodies, flags, and shirts, then please check out the store in the description down below. There will be new designs coming in the future, and I will announce them as well. Anyways, back to the fiction. A patient one, written by my name means bent nose. His hooves flashed in the light of the moon, pounding across the flagstones as he ran. The chill air clawed at his lungs as he panted, unnatural mist curling as it disturbed the night in his flight. Ariske ran for what remained of his life as the sound of a steady click of walking boots faded behind him. He could feel the enchantment peeling away, sliver by sliver. With every fragment he lost, a cold knot of this world invaded deeper into his soul. The chill of winter sunk deep despite the dreadfully humid heat. The alleys seemed to lean inwards. Wooden, multi-story houses loomed in the dark as if leering down upon him with faintly glowing eyes. He saw it. Another of them. His high-strung senses giving away the danger before it was too late. Hooves clattered upon the stone street as he struggled to arrest his momentum. A form, giant and scaled, haunched with jagged, clawed fingers and talons clicking upon the hard stone. It turned its head more red and smoking, and smiled with a predator's hunger. Not yet, Ariske squealed as he took off through another alley. Coming here had been a mistake. Not that he'd had a choice. The Belsor, god of death, screamed its rage as Ariske ran out of his malfunctioning heart, spurred on by fear and tightly wound magic. He ran, even as the magic frayed away. An insatiable maw ate at Eriske's bindings even as Eriske left it behind. A pair of regular balsals snarled their surprise as Eriske burst out of the alleyway, disrupting their quiet moment sitting at the fountain in a small square. The two lizard people, one brown, one red, unwind their long necks and stared at Eriske. He stumbled forward and passed the pair, sweeping his hands through the water and dunking his thin snout into the cooling liquid. A couple large gulps later, and he stood, purposely, turned away from the couple and started walking. Sibilant whispers gave away to intimate growls as he left the area. The couple, returning to the little bull, only they occupied. A couple of minutes later, the flap of wings and an unamused crawl stopped him from his tracks again. Ariske had made it to the crosswalk. So, he had his choice of directions to go, but the crosswalk was the problem. This was a place of inherent change. Gods like this were naturally able to trace him at these locations. He turned his head to see another bipedal figure with its own cloak and a staff over its shoulder chasing him. Although, uh, slowly. The winged god of death, hunter of wrecks, dropped to the flagstones in front of Eriske. Come join me, 
It'll be a pleasant stay, I assure you. The bird god laughed darkly as it reached a taloned hand out. Its lanky body stood tall despite being entirely haunched over. The steady click of boots on the stone continued behind him. Not yet, Ariske cried, dashing forwards. He ducked under the reaching talons and slipped past the dry, sunken body of the last vulture. The god merely chuckled as Ariske ran. In this world, with all the competing peoples, the gods competed as well. For influence, for territory, for power, they fought with each other. Even the gods of death sparred, seeking to carry more souls than any other. Today, Ariske was their grim prize. A half-dead held together with a self-wound enchantments, Ariske would have cried if he still had the means. The calm and steady beat of boots on the stone echoed still. It echoed through the mind even when Ariske entered the light of the main thoroughfare of the night strip. The last remaining place of activity, full of light and laughter, had drawn Ariske like a moth to a flame. It took everything they had to slow down enough to appear to walk out of the alley, as if it wasn't being chased by all sorts of literal death. At least this corrupted body of his had staying power. Nothing like a true undead, but uh, then he wasn't a true necromancer. He was just a diviner. There was no way this decrepit old body would have been able to roll up even a tenth as long without the enchantments he stitched around his soul. That and the enchantments he had inflicted on his old flesh. Flesh that had died only halfway to the city. He understood enough about the soul stuff through his lifetime of scrying to know how to do that much. The core of it had required that he hide it from his own god of death, the noble stag, and by hiding it from his god, he exposed himself to the rest. They couldn't see him, not directly, but they sure could feel Ariske. The eyes in the dark had found him first, of course, the last vulture next. From there, as Ariske approached the free city within all the multitudes of peoples and races, the rest of the gods had joined in this new game. Ariske started forward and traced carefully the last thread he'd thrown out, the very last cry he'd been able to make before cutting himself off from the web of fate. Giggling females, boasting males, all too wise children and crackling elders, scales and feathers, flesh and fur, it all flashed by, a cacophony of life that he'd never again feel. Something soft wrapped around his left hand and a deathly chill leaned on his right. He heard a deep purr and the soft voice of a predator. Mm, yes, you're the one we've been smelling. Nula breath stealer, Ariske acknowledged, barely restraining the urge to grab the tail that had placed itself on his hand. It took everything Ariske had to reply in a calm voice. A few days ago, I never imagined I would have come face to face with every god of death under the moon. The Tigress goddess was perhaps the most dangerous, simply because she was the most adept at seeming to be much less than she was. Very few gods could so casually prance around without notice. And then some, the cat goddess heard, you've been highly entertaining to watch, you old Palston. It's too soon, 
Ariske complained bitterly, even as he felt her place her claws around his frail and withering neck. Are you here to take me for yourself? Oh, no, she purred. I have more than enough souls of all sorts. I dare say I'm about second place in this competition. I arrived here long before you joined the prize pool. Her purr changed to a languorous but friendly laugh. No, I've enjoyed watching the chase. You run very well. Ariske made the mistake of looking at her. Such was his surprise. Eyes as deep as the blackest void pulled at him, robbing him of his breath his body had truly needed. His mouth flapped like a fish on dry land. An eternity passed before she closed her golden eyes and broke the spell. Ariske jerked his head away and gasped, No, I don't need your soul, and I agree, it is too soon. Her hand rose from a single claw, pointing down at the road leading past a truly garish house of pleasure. The road seemed small and dangerous despite the gaudy pink and yellow paint of the building it flanked. That way, old Palston, the blessing from me for a good show. That road will hide you for as long as you can follow it. Palston nodded, accepting her offer. Without hesitation, he changed direction and marched. One didn't hesitate on a gift from Luella. The cat was every bit as fickle and playful as one might expect. One last thing. Ariske turned, forgetting his urgency not to look at her, but the breath stealer was looking away. She was looking behind. My playfulness has earned me a second seat in this game, old Palston. Luella commented as a figure departed from the same alley Ariske had exited. Noella looked back, her eyes almost entirely closed as she spoke again. Relentless patience has decided first place, but it isn't so cruel as you might think. Good luck, Ariske. Even the silver of her eyes was visible on the stolen Ariske's breath, if he'd been looking. Instead, his eyes were glued to the old figure with his staff on the subtle but unmistakable sound of boots on the stone. Ariske turned and walked as fast as he could without drawing attention. Distantly, he realized Nuella had known his name. The fragments of soul binding were almost undone. The sound of men and women laughing chased him as he entered the oppressive street. But he could only feel the pull of the thread. She was close. It was not a straight road. Through tunnels and under overhangs, across tiny bridges overreaching canals and past more than one alley with glittering eyes, Ariske walked. He followed the thread. He grasped tight to prevent it from unraveling. Then he found the end of the path. It didn't look like the end of the road. Physically, it continued in the same vein, small and ugly, dark and threatening. But if he took one more step, they would be on him again. The sound of trailing bootsteps decided the issue, as they had for the last couple hours. Ariske wasn't a fool, though. He didn't walk. He ran. A purring laugh sounded in the distance, only a split second before the snarl of a wolf preceded the snapping of teeth at his heels. The eyes in the dark. The goblin death gods had found him again. Ariske chased the thread as the wolves gave chase, snarling and howling as the hunt was joined. So close, Ariske cried out to the injustice of it all. An old diviner, he'd seen his death coming, 
Knowing he was on the cusp, he scried his family one last time. But this time, he dared look ahead. Dividers knew they all knew one did not look ahead. No one really wanted to know how their family was going to die. Ariske had thought just a few days would be okay. It hadn't. A peek ahead, despite all the skill and power at his disposal, he had yielded a vision of horror. Ariske could feel his body pulling apart. The end was close, but the loosening of the bindings allowed him a fragment of his old skill. Ariske ducked low as he ran and blur and the snarling fur snapped over his head. He took off sideways and another scrambled for purchase on the stone, attempting to stop and follow. Another turn and jump over a pile of scrap wood earned a howl and another snarl of rage as the two pack crashed into the mess. Pack hunters, the very worst thing and perhaps greatest terror of the Palston peoples. Herbivores like him paid mercenaries very well to keep goblin tribes away, just so that they didn't have to think about the eyes in the dark. Uriske caught a door handle and pushed it open, scrambling through the abandoned house. Snarling, gnashing teeth took a small chunk out of Uriske's backside and fouled his stride. But it was gay. He'd made it. Uriske smashed his way through the door and stopped. Another Palston cowered across from him, trapped in the corner and cowering behind bloodied arms. He'd found her. He'd found Weshi. He'd found his granddaughter. Leave her be, Ariske shouted, his voice thrumming with all the power he could muster. Three figures, two drooding Balsal and an annoyed-looking human turned. A fourth, a feral-looking male Tigress, held her upper arms up as the terrified girl dared to peek. Grandfather, what? <laughs> the human laughed, cruel and dark, amused. This old skeleton. Grandfather, where she whispered, what did you do? Eriske pulled the wand from his waist, a simple fire dart wand. It should be fine for you. Let her go and leave, Eriske ordered. Ooh, whoa there, old man, the human said. Don't realize you're a mage. The human raised his hands to show that they were empty. The balsa did the same, but the tigress didn't let go. I said, let go of her, Ariske ordered, gesturing with the wand and firing a dot just over the head of the tigress. Wait, we can deal, the human said, turning to the tigress. You heard him, right? The human's head suddenly turns towards Ariske. No, not Ariske. Do it! A blur of light and steel flashed out, separating Uriske's hand from his arm. He stared in surprise as the wand clattered to the stone. The desiccated hand sat there, dry and bloodless. Ah, I think this old man's a zombie. A rough fist sent Uriske to his knees and another human walked around the crutch in front of him. Too bad, old elk. We don't play without a lookout. Uriske looked past the human his eyes meeting those of his terrified granddaughter. No, Ariske whispered as he sobbed. No, the human laughed. Oh, it's too late to complain. We're going to peel you apart bit by bit. Then we'll resume our fun with your granddaughter. Suddenly, where she froze, her eyes looking away. Ariske looked as well, but he froze too. What are you? Oh, crap. 
Those were the last words of Eriske's attacker as his head was torn off. With flashing white teeth and a triumphant howl, the eyes in the dark took their bounty. Eriske could move, the strength in his body having drained away. He could only watch Washi as she closed her eyes. Together, so far away, they listened to the screams in the lungs and the snarling and tearing of the wolf gods. No! Eriske called out. The gods had finished with the attackers. Now one loomed over Washi. She opened her eyes and cried out, and Eriske heard a strange click. Veck off, you old mutts! Steel flashed in the moonlight, and a great wolf loomed over Washi, yelped in pain. A single human had stepped in the way. He stood, relaxed, scythe over his shoulder, glittering with moonlight and blood. Surprised, Eriske turned his head to look, only to see the wolves flinching away whenever the human looked upon them. Well, uh, gonna try me again, the human growled. Couple more scruffles like this and you'll really be mine. You know, you wanna. One of the lesser wolves growled, only to yelp when the largest of the pack snapped. Then, as a group, they melted away. Hey, girl! Nevin called to Weshi, folding the scythe into the groove of the handle, returning it to the shape of the staff. Help your grandpa up. He's really on his last breath. She hiccuped in surprise, then clattered to her hooves and rushed over. Where she hesitated for a moment as she stepped around her severed hand. Shaking her head, she leaned down to help draw Eriske to his feet. You're as cold as death, where she hissed in fear and surprise. Well, yes, Eriske admitted, but this was the only way. The only way, the only way I could save you. Where she's mouth opened but no words came out. She wasn't a dumb girl. She knew what she had meant. The Palston God of Death was a moonlight piece, a pure white stack of mournful beauty and an utter pacifist. A diviner like Eriske, beholden to the gods as he was, was not permitted to meddle with death. To save her, Eriske could only break the rules. Where she collected the one, pulled Eriske's good arm around her shoulder and walked. The companion followed, his boots echoing on the stone. They walked in silence for a bit, where she's tears ran free as she barely restrained her emotions. Fear for the experience that she'd just gone through. Pain for the damage to her arms. Grief for the family member that was dead in all but function in her arms. I remember, Eriske said quietly, a crown of flowers woven with yellow dandelions, where she remained silent. Such a wonderful crown. Too bad it fell apart as you placed it on my head. I expected it to be sad. Instead, uh, I've never seen you angrier. Where she laughed. A small, weak, quiet laugh. But an honest one. We're here... The pair looked at the human in surprise, where she then turned her head to look at the door of a house utterly unlike the one that Eriske knew should have been there. How? where she asked. I bent the rules a bit, the human laughed, his voice utterly normal. I can do that when the chase is over, but my time is up, where she. Eriske admonished her. He wasn't actually joking when he said I was on my last breath. Where she stepped away, 
allowing her escape to stand on his own. She turned and looked at him with bright green eyes, tears welling up once more. She smiled, full of grief. Grief and love. I told you not to work at that bar, Eriske complained gruffly. His old complaint broke the spell and she laughed, stepping forward to hug him as tight as she did. I love you, she whispered. I have always loved you, Eriske whispered back. They stood there like that for a while, until a soft cough broke the spell. Eriske pushed Weshi away. No, go. I have to be off. She nodded, rubbing her eyes clear, where she visibly pulled herself together, pulling out the key from her belt as she opened the door and stepped through. Heriske turned. Shall we go? Of course, been waiting after all. The human god of death turned and started walking, with surprising vigor and strength. Heriske followed. The last sight of Uruske was that of a strong and healthy back, sauntering off into the distance. The human cracked a joke and she heard the laugh and she knew and loved, where she watched through the crack of her window until the pair disappeared. A cloud passed before the moon, and in that moment of darkness, they were gone. Thank you for saving her. It's no problem. I'm a patient one. End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this video. I hope that you enjoyed. And if you do, please consider supporting the author, even by popping over and leaving a thumbs up or a nice comment, just to show your appreciation for the story. However, if you wish to support this channel, there are links down below which will help immensely. I will see you all in the next one. And until then, I hope that you have a fantastic day. Cheers.